Hello and welcome to the Commerce Club podcast. Today I'm chatting with Ellen, who is the founder of Buy ELN, which is a sustainable streetwear brand for those looking for more than just a mainstream trend. In today's episode, we're going to be looking at a couple of topics. One, how Ellen can diversify her income streams and add an additional revenue generator for her product-based business. And number two, we're going to be looking at how she can take her customer on a journey through email marketing and what she needs to do in order to convert through her emails. Hey, Ellen, welcome to the podcast. Hey, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you doing? Good, good. Good. What's been going on? Uh, oh, lots. I was just like, I was at a pop up there over the weekend. And then I'm actually like, now that I'm back in studio, I kind of feel like I've got most of like my summer stuff over with now. It's like on the like kind of like winter planning and Christmas planning. It's just <laughs> seems like it's few miles away. But yeah, just kind of getting back and doing all that now that summer's over. Yeah, that's, that's the thing with product businesses, isn't it? You've got to work in your business right now, but you've also got to think about it for like six months time which is like oh Christmas and in July or August yeah. wherever we are right now it doesn't it feels wrong I know, I know I'm like showing everybody I'm like and she's like this and she's like this winter and they're like it's like 30 degrees outside like do not show me a number <laughs> it has to be ahead yeah yeah sounds good um well do you want to introduce yourself tell us a bit about your background and your business yeah, so I'm Ellen and I'm the founder of ELN Streetwear. So I just kind of got sick of like seeing everybody wearing the same stuff all the same time, like how like social media and Instagram and stuff was just making everybody wear the same thing. Um, um, whenever I was doing like my final year of uni, I got really into like researching um like looking into all that and then how like streetwear came about and how it was everyone just like grabbing whatever they could and throwing on like customizing and stuff. So that was kind of the foundation for me starting ELN and um, it's kind of just grown from there then to be like a streetwear brand that you can dress it up as you want to dress it like something a bit different something that stands out um yeah just something that wasn't the same as like all the fast fashion kind of trends that are just the same old same old every day and you're just sick of looking for it or looking at them so yeah it's just kind of a collection of like sweats um and I do like handmade fleeces and stuff and accessories so yeah, we're just building up and up. <laughs> Amazing. So how long has it been going so far? Um, I'd say about two years now. Um, I've been doing it and like the difference even in this time last year to now, like I think like last year was all about like trying it out and like taking like baby steps and stuff, whereas now I've got like a bit more of like a business head on me of how to actually maintain it <laughs> and sustain it. So well, that's great. Like, how did how do you feel like? Because obviously, you, what, the big part of your business is you actually designing and making the collection. How did you transition that from like that mentality in the first year to the second year to kind of thinking about it a bit more commercially? I think it was actually the just the thought of like, well, if I want to keep this going, I have to like make a business. Of it. I can't just be making things and then saying, okay, that's for sale, and then you know just like a continuous loop I was like well if I want to be able to do that for winter that means in summer I need to make sure I make and sell you know like x might like it's a little bit of the fun comes out of it because <laughs> you kind of have to think serious but um yeah and it's good to like get an understanding of it because for like the first year I kind of just turned like a blank eye to it um like just ignored like what like my cash flow and all that kind of stuff should be I was like yeah it'll be fine like I'm still not 
on top of it all but I'm not like scared to look at it <laughs> whereas the first year I was kind of just winging <laughs> Oh, 100%. And like numbers are never fun. And it's something that if you're not a numbers head, like you just bury your head in the sand with it. It's like, nope, let's ignore the problem. Let's focus on the thing that I actually enjoy doing. But obviously, yeah, exactly what you just said. Like if you come to the realization, you come to the point where it's not just like all fun and games anymore. It's kind of like, okay, if I want to make this into a sustainable, sufficient business to live off, you kind of have to get down to that again down to the nitty-gritty of of this data yeah. and sales and understanding what you just said like the cash flow for example because ultimately that's what's going to keep your business alive yeah and like same yeah like I got a house so I was like okay well if I want to keep living like it's not just going to be like a hobby that I do for fun anymore like it has to actually be something that like makes money and I can take wage out of it and I can keep growing so yeah a few shake-ups but <laughs> because you're working on this full-time right yeah yeah full-time so um it was hard to like make that switch of it being like a hobby like I was doing it like alongside work at the start so I think that's why it felt more like yeah I can just make stuff and then I'll sell it and if it sells happy days and then when it went full-time I kind of had to be like no like you needed to sell now um and yeah, that kind of probably just switched up my mentality a bit on it as well. Yeah, it's just it is a mentality switch, isn't it? Because it kind of goes from something that you've done alongside your full time income to be like, no, I need this to be my income. So what do I need to do to make that yeah. happen? And it it definitely does come down to down to mindset. I think a lot of that, obviously, a lot of it is down to strategy and like thinking about it commercially and practically. Um, what's what's actually viable, but also how can you manage the mindset side of it as well yeah 100% so so what um kind of challenges are you facing in your business at the moment um yes yeah, so I suppose now that it's growing and I've kind of like established I suppose like what way I wanted to go and what I want to be now it's just um like scaling that up now that I'm confident in what I'm doing at the minute kind of making time for all the other stuff um so like looking at like my email marketing um looking at how else I can grow it like over the like past like year or two everyone's like kind of been making it aware like don't just rely on Instagram like have another you know have something else you can rely on and then in the same way as it is like my full-time job just be doing it and like I don't want to just rely on like oh well everyone's going to sell or everyone's going to buy jumpers because like what happens if it gets really warm and suddenly for two months of the year you know like everyone doesn't want jumpers so just kind of looking then at like how I how I want to use what I have not have to go and get another job and something completely different because I've already got something built here you know that there's definitely other ways to grow on it but I feel like as a product business it's not as easy to like expanded if you know what I mean as it would be if I was like a service or something um so kind of thinking about how I can use the skills that I have what I do already and offer something else as well just as another kind of stream coming in yeah like an additional uh, revenue stream essentially like another channel to your business yeah just so yeah, it's not so all can... reliant on the one thing yeah, no, that makes sense. And at the moment, you're just selling kind of direct to consumer, right? You're not selling through any third party channels. It's very much like 
you're selling directly to your customer yeah pretty much cool okay well yeah I mean I guess like with with your product I guess the beauty of like what you're doing is that you've got a skill like your skill is like you're making these products you're designing these products so it's not just that you're selling the products you've actually got some skill set behind that as well it's not like you're going in like sourcing a supplier and getting it mass produced so you actually have a skill that you can teach other people so there's a few things that you could do to add additional revenue streams or different channels into your business one is to um obviously at the moment you're just selling direct to consumer so you could broaden your distribution and start selling into other retailers start doing collaborations with other brands that kind of thing and that would add an additional um, channel, revenue channel to your business, different selling channel, so that you've got yeah. more diversified sales coming from your product. Um, the other option could be that you use the skill set that you've got. So use the um, skill set that you know how to hand make or how to design a sweatshirt and like all of the compositions and the different fabrics that it might work in and package that knowledge up and re- uh, record maybe some live workshops and then you could potentially sell that on your website so it could even be like an add-on sale and like it's something that at the till you're like oh I'm this was how this was the process of so you could give a little teaser of it for example and be like this is the process of making a sweatshirt find out how to make your own um and then sell that as like an add-on sale at the till and it would be really good lead generation for your um email list as well because if you can get even if you sell it separately to your um product business you could use this as a lead generation tool to get people on your mailing list and then ultimately once they've bought into your um workshop they might also buy into your product so it could be that they're like dual customers because if they're interested in the product that you're selling, the product that you're creating, and they want to learn to make it themselves, they're more than likely to that they're going to want to buy it from you as well. Um, so I think it's about like figuring out the skill set that you've got and how you can teach other people um, how to teach other people to to do that. Basically, um, is that yeah. something that you think you were thinking about? Yeah, because we've seen like a lot of like workshops and stuff popping up. Um, I'm making like events out of it but I feel like for me like just the sewing one's not as easy um like I like hand embroider any of it or hands any of it like it's all machine sewing so I feel like I can't just take 30 machines to a workshop you know and like have a lot of people so I was trying to find something that's easy enough like small enough but fun enough that people want to like take part in it and stuff so um yeah I was just kind of thinking what what's the best way to it's just what's like fun for people to do you know like people that are doing it with ceramics they can make all the mugs and then bring them to the workshop and all you have to do is paint it you know what I mean whereas I was like I can't bring my machine and <laughs> and a whole fabric um pile with me like I need to find something kind of in between that is easy enough for people to do but still shows enough of what I'm doing you know yeah totally I guess it's like thinking about like your most simplest product that you create and potentially even selling a pattern of it and like then giving them the full package so it's a little bit like for example you know you can buy like cake kits and like you'd have the instructions of the how to make the cake but you'd also have the ingredients so thinking about it like that for like one of your products that you think is easy for somebody to replicate at home if they've got a sewing machine or if they're really good with like sewing with their hands whatever I don't I'm not I'm not a seamstress (laughs) I've got no idea how that (laughs) but thinking about like a product that you think is really easy to be um create for somebody to create 
thinking about giving them the full package. So the pattern, the workshop, like the DIY how to step by step and bundling all of that up and creating something that somebody would be interested in. And it's a really nice thing to add on as a sale, but also something really nice for you to market as a gift for people to buy other people, particularly if they're really creative, because it's like an experience. It's not necessarily, you don't need to necessarily be there live with all, with all of these machines and teaching it. You could do it online. And ultimately that's going to be, if you can pre-record it and have something that just goes straight out as soon as somebody subscribes, that's also a passive income stream for you. You don't really need to do much with it. So that's also going to be quite a nice revenue driver in the background whilst you don't obviously have to market it and push it out there and sell it but you don't need to do it you do it once and then it goes out over and over again so that could be a really nice idea um the the other thing that you could potentially do is obviously your product is all kind of um would be quite easy to personalize or create kind of bespoke designs for people so that could be some a service that you add on to a sale at the till where it's like personalization Again, I'm, I'm talking from not knowing exactly what goes into <laughs> having to make the product, but um, it could be something to think about if that's within the capabilities that you've got um, or if it's easy enough to, to integrate, then personalization or yeah, creating yeah. bespoke orders could be something to think about as well. Yeah, and just the small touches make it sound out so much more, doesn't it? Definitely. And like if someone can get a product, let's say adding on, 20 quid and they can make it personalized to them like someone's way more likely to um you've, you've, it's a different customer to who you're already um who you're already targeting so you're actually targeting a slightly new audience people that want something personalized is because they want it to feel special for them specifically so um they're definitely going to be willing to pay for that additional service um and the personalization industry is massive and you can see it from so many brands over the past few years where they do like personalization workshops like I've got a friend who does customized um designs on vans um and she works directly in the van store as like painting onto the vans like so it's personalized for that person um obviously quite a lot of like handbag brands they do like the personalizations on the front of the bags um so there's loads of different things that you can do and I think there's a massive market for personalization and it's definitely something to consider tapping into for sure if, if it's feasible for you and yeah, definitely yeah just something so small but as you say yeah makes such a difference and makes the customer feel so much better as well Definitely. And and you mentioned about um your your email marketing and your venturing into that. So how how is that going at the moment? Yeah, good. So like for the last year or so I've just been putting it off. I kept saying, like, okay, I'm gonna start a newsletter this month. Okay, I'll start it next month. Also like just kept putting it off and putting it off. And then I actually started a blog on my website again like another thing that I just I kept putting off and then once I realized how simple it was and I was actually maybe just reusing like some of the Instagram captions for my posts like during the week and stuff like realized okay it's actually it's really easy to just like generate it all um and then once I like looked at my blogs over the series of the month I was like well sure there's my newsletter right there like it's literally two or three lines from each blog and that's that so started with that finally felt like you know what that's something like I'm happy with I feel like it's not spammy I feel like it's getting across like every kind of point of the brand like there is like something about new products like something about a sale that was on but also something about like the pop-ups I was going to be at and you know like just something that felt like good it didn't feel I didn't feel like cringe putting it out you know that kind of way like that's what I really didn't want with emails so I've got that um and I'm happy for that to go out every month but now I'm like 
what else do I send out every month without it feeling cringy or spammy? Um, I don't want to just email like every day for the sake of it. I don't want one month me to send out like four because there's stuff going on. But then the next month, maybe I'm left sending nothing because there's nothing going on. So just kind of what do you think should be like that constant? Like obviously I've got my newsletter, but <clears throat> is there something else maybe like every month that I should be sent out as well so that it's not just sporadically whenever something happens? Yeah, I think I think this is really going to depend on like where your customer's at in your journey because ultimately email marketing is a great way to communicate with your audience and ultimately convert them. Um, so when you're when we're thinking about like converting a customer, as soon as they subscribe onto your mailing list, they're in your audience. Then they're a potential um, customer, but you need to then do the work to build that relationship and gain the trust from that customer and build the credibility for them to actually convert and ultimately sell um to them so i think there's like two things that you can look at from an email marketing perspective one is um how you uh introduce people to your brand once they're onto your mailing list and that would be things like setting up automation so like a welcome sequence to introduce your business to new subscribers so that could look something like email number one when they subscribe an introduction to the brand who you are what you do and then any incentives that they might get for subscribing to you um so that you're off the bat like you're not having to send that email like you're kind of getting that sent out automatically straight away and they're introduced to you immediately and then your second email could be something like social proof of like sharing the feedback of your product from people that have already worn it so your customers that are already existing because ultimately people like to buy into something that they know is already tried and tested by somebody else because they don't then have to worry about um worry about anything and then they fully trust you if they can see that other people are wearing it it's like okay someone else has bought this I'm way more likely to buy into it if I know someone else has purchased so it would be like in your second email kind of saying right okay hey check out how good our favorite customer looks in our favorite sweatshirt for example and sharing the feedback and testimonials and the user generated content that they've sent you um, and creating that into an email sequence to keep on building that trust with the customer and then the third email in the sequence could be that you share your best sellers and start educating your audience on your product and any styling tips that go alongside that um, or it could even be going back to um, what you, how you want to inc- include like an additional revenue stream. If you did do this workshop, that third email could introduce them to that workshop and be like, hey, this is our best-selling sweater. Do you want to learn how to make it yourself? Here's the video. And then you're all, all automatically doing that like lead generation. So I think that's the first thing to think about is like trying to take your customer on a journey with your email marketing. But the second thing in terms of how you um, communicate with them and how regularly you need to communicate with them. Ultimately, that's just going to be when you've got something to say. I don't think you need to force it. Obviously, there's a lot of brands out there that you get spammed by completely. And every day you've got, you wake up to a new email yeah, and you're yeah. like, whoa, overwhelmed, don't want to open this email anymore. And then you want to subscribe. So naturally, mm-hmm. you don't want to be spammy with your emails, but you definitely want to, exactly what you said earlier, like repurpose the content. So if you're putting things out there on social media and you've got something to say in that content, content put that into an email as well so for example if you've got I know you just mentioned you've done some pop-ups over summer so if you've got the pop-ups um talking about that to your email list because ultimately they might live close to the pop-ups and they might want to join and they might actually really enjoy seeing you in real life and people might make that effort to come and see you um if you've got any newness once you've started launching any other um, additional revenue streams that you might add like the personalization informing them of that 
um, any promotional you get, any any uh, testimonials you receive. Maybe you might, if you've had like an amazing review about one of your products, maybe you want to share that in an ad hoc email, any news or features in the press that you might get. So I think it's about like not putting too much pressure on having to communicate, but communicating when you have a message to share. Um, and then I think the audience yeah. will really appreciate that message way more than you just drop it into their inbox every day or every week with like information that they don't really need to know. I think it's just about obviously you're creating content already for your social media. If there's things, key messages within that um, content that you're putting out there that you want to get to a wider audience, because ultimately not everyone's going to see your content on social media. Right. So you might put that content out there tomorrow morning, but a really small percentage of your audience is going to see that. Whereas with email marketing, you are getting directly in front of that person because the chances of them opening their emails on a daily basis versus them opening on social media is, is way, way higher. So yeah. um, I think it's definitely a case of just sharing the message that you're sharing through your social media content across the board. And like, if you feel like that message is something that would help your conversions, also popping it in an email and on a blog post and all of the other means that you can yeah. repurposing it. You've got it, you create it once and you just distribute it multiple times. You've got 10 times the chance of actually getting a purchase from that content that you've created. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I just didn't want to start like firing out like five emails one week because it was a busy week and then the next week like have nothing. And there's nothing worse than when you... When you're starting to get too many, you know, and you don't even want to open them, you're just like, no, mark is red. Like, so just enough to keep people interested, but not too much to like put them off. <laughs> Definitely. I think that's also about like planning ahead as well, because if you feel like you've got loads going on in one week, maybe it's a case of you like, um, well, drip feeding that message across a, over a period of time. Like, you don't necessarily need to put out if you're launching something um tomorrow for example you don't necessarily need to launch it to everyone you could actually launch it to your email list first then launch it on social media then launch it through other channels like it's about kind of thinking about okay what's going to give me the biggest impact now naturally if you share it across the board it's going to give you the biggest impact but thinking about changing the the prioritizing the things the messages that you need to put out there and then saying okay this week I'm going to talk about this next week I'm going to talk about that so that you're not overwhelming and bombarding them with everything in one week because sometimes people take a bit of a minute to um, think right okay and absorb absorb the message that you're giving them so just trying to um, figure out how you're distributing those messages is probably the key there in terms of like not allowing people to be overwhelmed with all of the stuff that you've got to share with them yeah no 100% yeah it just it's such like a (laughs) daunting thing when you go to think about it isn't it and then after you break it down it's already there. 100%. And it's all just about like um, speaking to your customer in the way that you think they would like to receive it as well. So obviously um, thinking, right, that's how I would want to be spoken to if I was this customer and then you speaking to them in that way as well. Like, so I think if you're in the head of the customer and you can figure out what you would want if you were that customer, um, then that's going to be the key for you not overwhelming them, basically. Yeah. But there's no rule book here. There's you can send as many emails as you like. There's no textbook answer for this. That um it's all about like the feel, the feeling that you have um towards your customers and the messages that you need to 
present to them um and then I think coming up with a plan and a strategy around that I would never say that it's like obvious that you need to send an email every week or every day or every month and like yeah the newsletter is great and maybe you just want to wait until you send that newsletter every month to combine all the messages so that you've got something to talk about um but it's more about like for you what's actually going to drive the impact is it to communicate every day is it to communicate on a monthly basis and test a few different options test it one week while you're sending a few different emails and see what your click your click through rates are and your open rates um yeah and you can test I think everything when it comes down to marketing particularly with email it's always worth testing all of the different options and seeing what gets the best reaction because ultimately when you're sending things like emails the great thing is you've got analytics and insights so you can actually see how people are responding and then navigate your next steps based on that response so I think test a few different scenarios and see what happens yeah definitely yeah I'll try a bit more because then I suppose there's no point getting everybody to sign up for it as well and say oh sign up to our mailing list and you're gonna get this and you're gonna get that and actually all they get is like one newsletter like at the end of the month like that's not gonna really sell much either <laughs> yeah no it makes sense so if, if we wanted to subscribe to your mailing list where can we find you um, so it's www.by-eln.com <laughs> so it's growing amazing so we can get ourselves on your mailing list and find out about all the new products that you've got yeah. coming out so what, what's what's coming up for um by Elen? so actually today i launched a new range of like multicolored fleece pullovers um and some new tote bags so they're going today to kind of be that little gap between like summer and winter now um just something fun something different while I'm working on winter in the background so they are today um and then what are we in with August so like probably in like the next six weeks or so then we'll be moving into like Arctic winter stock and stuff so it's really exciting like seeing it all come together like behind the scenes so excited to like get planning like something new you know and you've just been looking at everything now for like a while like I'm seeing it all behind the scenes I'm trying not to share like too much so excited to get it all put together and and get it out there for winter yeah oh amazing that sounds really exciting congratulations on your launch today and thank you so much for chatting to me today I hope some of those things helped to put you some new and start doing my marketing yeah perfect thank you so much Sophie Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you are also facing a challenge in your product-based business, like the one you've heard being discussed today, I want to hear about it. If you'd like to discuss your challenge and find a solution on this podcast with me, please get in touch. You can email me, sophie at biascollective.com or find me at biascollective on all social channels. Alternatively, if you are ready to start facing those problems in your business, why don't you check out my membership, The Commerce Club, which has got a host of courses, digital downloads and business resources to help you set up and level up your business. The link is in the show notes and I hope to see you there soon.